for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Uh, da, 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 da. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, April 22nd, 2014. This is episode 121 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday night, right here. Join us, attackoftheandroids.com. I'm Matt Lee. That's Eric Finkenbeiner in the hangout right there. Eric, what's up? Right here. Right here. How are you? Right here, right now. Nick Carroll joining us. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. And uh, glad to see uh, Shane again. Yeah, Shane Brady. What's going on, man? How you doing? Good. Uh, only my second appearance of the year. That's that's all right. It's good to have you back. Glad you got uh, everything situated in life. You going to TAM this year? Uh, yeah. Uh, already booked, ready to go. Lucky. I think next year I'll have to plan for that. Something I need to do on the old bucket list. Uh, anything? Donuts. What? <laughs> We can share a vegan donut. Yeah, no. Um, vegan donuts, vegan general so's chicken, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, I'm a carnivore, but that's okay. That that's I mean, whatever you get, rabbits like to eat, that's that's totally cool. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let's see. Anything, Shane? Since you've uh, you've been off, before we get into the recent stuff, is there anything that you've you've come across in your hiatus that you were like, oh, I wish I could podcast and get this off my chest and and talk about. Uh, well, I think we – was it last week um, there was something about uh, – was it developing for Android? That's Some article on TechCrunch got a lot of play. Did you guys oh, ever discussing yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. The fallacy of Android first is, I think, the name of it. Yeah, and I, since you got I'm, – since I'm involved in a company that's developing an app, we went, which we went iOS first, which there are a lot of reasons for that. I was just wondering if you guys ever, if you guys even talked about that last week. Is that a no? Yeah, we did, um, but I'd, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on it. Well, I think, it, and this is, this is the old man in me is going to come out, but it really bothers me a little bit when developers complain about not having a development environment that basically does everything for you. Um, in terms of programming today compared to 20 years ago when I went to start going to college, it's really great these days. Documentation is everywhere. Everybody can get a free compiler. Everybody can get a free development environment. And you can, you know, for a relatively cheap amount, um, get a phone and start developing for Android or developing for iOS. So when I see people complain about the burdens of programming for Android, I mean... The cynical part of me just says, well, you're just really not that good of a programmer. Um, well, we, we had taken, uh, I guess, a little bit of criticism towards these uh, developers in terms of what they chose. Like, they chose to do an SMS app. Like, they chose to do a messaging app. And then since Android has access, you can ha- access SMS directly. Instead, you know, they are going to aim in that direction. And then they had a bunch of problems with integration with, like, Google mm-hmm. services 
But remember, it wasn't just it wasn't like it 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 was an SMS app that wasn't really trying to fill any particular niche. It wasn't like security focused like Tech Secure. It wasn't like uh, settings focused like Handsend. It was just another SMS app. And then they're like, "Ah, oh, we have beef with this because it sucks," you know. Yeah. So they made a poor design decision yeah. from an infrastructure point of view. They clearly aren't. Fami- I mean, they could say, "Well, we had to, we." They said. Something like we dusted off our Java skills. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I could dust off any of my skills from the last twenty years, but it's still going to take me a while to become an expert in any of those. So, they what happened was these developers were comfortable with iOS, but thought because of a design decision they made, which ended up being poor, that they should go Android first, and then their own lack of skill and familiarity is what doomed it. So. There are going to be certain apps that you want to do iOS first when you can consider your market. Sometimes it's easier to find manpower these days. Uh, we have, for example, we have an amazing iOS developer. We have not been able to find an Android developer of his quality, and um, so you know that's slowing us down. Plus, it's very hard to develop for two platforms at the same time if it's your first app. Now, I've done a lot of programming. But this is the first app I've developed as a company, so we had to focus on one platform to learn the whole thing, to develop it. To get it down right. Our, our talent led us to iOS first because we, you know, we found a very good developer, we found an established company and all that. Um, but one of the reasons isn't that you know developing for Java sucks or, or developing for Objective-C is so amazing. Um, there are lots of... We run into them all the time. Well, isn't it like but the eco- if you're familiar with them, isn't it like the ecosystem argument? It's whatever you're used to as a phone user. If all of your stuff is on Google, like Android's, what you're gonna go with as a developer. If you've been programming in this language versus that, like for however many years, that's the one you're more comfortable with. Just because you need to get on this other platform, you know, you shouldn't just half-ass it because you're dusting off the old Java skills, you know? Right. And the thing, I mean, coding for Java is one thing, but it's not, it's not like directly Android. I mean, it's it's 99 probably percent the same, but you still have to learn, you know, a lot of programming is not about knowing the language itself because the syntaxes and language structures and all that stuff grammar is relatively the same and everything but it's understanding all the libraries that are there and all the api calls and that's something that you get more familiar with over time um even if you're not a program java you still need to be super familiar with all the libraries and apis so you know what to do if you can do something if you don't want to rewrite something that's already been optimized in previous libraries um you know, it's being familiar with third-party libraries that you can plug into your system to do to do a lot of work. So, I mean, it, the, the the article was just written by very inexperienced developers who were given a platform on TechCrunch that was, you know, made much. I had problems with TechCrunch. Some of TechCrunch, they weren't ready for that stage. They didn't belong on that on that stage to make that kind of pronouncement. Hey, Shane. Um, Question question for you if I can jump in. Actually, two. Um, the first is so, so just so I understand it, your your company that's making their, your app, um, 
you guys have already started on the Android version, or that's still something in the future? We attempted to start it, but it was too hard to develop the first version of the app twice. Okay. Um, so so that, I'll skip that question then. So then my second question, you were talking about, you know, you need time to familiarize yourself with the different libraries, and, you know, if this doesn't work, then using a third-party library. So one of the things that they talked about was um, that they encountered performance issues with the built-in JSON library with Android, um, and they found that Google has two JSON libraries, and the one that doesn't ship with Android has better performance, at least with their app. Is this something that, as a developer, you would look at and say, "Okay, well, that's just, you know, that's just something that happens," or would you see that as a failure of the, you know, the platform that you're working with? Well, I mean, no platform is perfect. There's always they may, I mean, they point that one out, but you know, there's a big difference between. You said Google ships two different JSON libraries. Um, I don't know why they're two different JSON libraries, but that is not an uncommon case, even in iOS, that the built-in stuff isn't as good as other stuff. Um, in fact, companies build third-party libraries because of limitations. In fact, well-known, you guys probably know who Marco Armen is, the creator of Instagram. I mean, he's released open-source libraries for iOS to replace built-in functionality for iOS. I mean, it happens. You know, we we have written our own graphics routines because the built-in stuff doesn't get it done, and then that's just that's just the world of, of development. Now, you would like to see Google bring in the correct JSON library, but they probably have concerns over backwards compatibility, perhaps. But um, I also strongly doubt that JSON performance was the deciding factor in any of their problems. Um, so, yeah, I. Like, what I'm hearing from you and what I'm reading, like, it, the impression I get is, you know, like, your experience learning how to program 20 years ago was probably vastly different even than my experience learning how to program just, you know, let's say, like, six, seven years ago. So do you think that this is, do you think this is more the result of, you know, programming has become much less complicated? There are much better tools out there. So when you run into hiccups, people... Like their their first reaction is, well, somebody should have already fixed this, rather than saying I can fix this myself. Yeah, I think so. A lot of programmers, for one thing, we actually turn out less computer scientists now than we did when I was in school, which is somewhat disconcerting. Um, so there, so people are less equipped to work around these issues. But the other thing is, um, you know, I, I I came of age programming during the first dot com bubble. And we ran. We had this. We had the same sort of situation come up, where Perl programmers. You guys know the language Perl at all? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, used to be everything was was Perl. Everything you wrote web you wrote web applications in Perl, and you get people who weren't very experienced in Perl writing a lot of terrible Perl code, and you know blaming Perl when it was their their problem. So I've I've even seen that the, these type of attitudes happen. Um, the good thing is programming is more accessible to more people than it ever is, but the bad thing is less and less people seem to be learning about the real art of programming uh, than they used to. It's like what happened in web development, right? You had like all the hardcore HTML coding from scratch in text files, and then Microsoft Front Page came out, 
and then Dreamweaver, and pretty soon you had the wussy wig uh, revolution where everybody's cousin is a web developer, and then places got a bad taste in their mouth when they needed a website done and somebody would recommend someone they knew because it was so flooded with it. You know, I can imagine that's the same thing in, in programming. People like Conduit. I, I hear a lot of uh, comedy shows I listen to get their apps made by Conduit. And if you look on the tech side of it, all of the reviews are like, this is terrible because of Conduit and their practices and everything. But like, they don't know. They just needed an app built, you know? Uh, no, I, I'd say that is that is definitely true. Um, we luckily on the website front, the world did recover. Websites do have to be a lot better after Flash, uh, right? Everybody <laughs> wanted a Flash site, a Flash site, and those guys made bank. And now what? Right. Oh, yeah. So luckily, we we didn't see the end of it. And you know, I don't want to be down on programmers. I just think you know these so they just need something to tell them stop your whining and learn and learn. I mean, just get better. Well, right, and it was Jane, one article. Tell them now. <laughs> well, yeah, and it was just one article on one site. I mean, we shouldn't spend too much more time on it. I was just curious. You're the only, like, actual, you know, paid programmer out of the group here. So I was kind of it, – it's interesting to hear what you had to, to say about it. And it is good to see that you pretty much echoed our sentiments that, like, oh, you're just being a big baby, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think TechCrunch should know them better, but they want the link bait. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's such good link bait. So, did I have my new Moto X last time I was on? Uh, with the wood back. Yeah. Yeah, I think you had just gotten it. Yeah. So. We should mention the Spotlight player got an update. There's not another film yet, but uh, the player itself got an update uh, last couple days. I noticed. Yeah, it actually shows and up. Remind there. us what that is. Uh, it's the thing that uh, it's a widget on uh, the Moto X and other devices, maybe, I guess, that uh, it's like interactive movies with your phone. There's two of them right now. If you look at Shane's uh, window here, he's showing it. Um, so, yeah, Buggy Night is the newest one. Windy Day was the first one with the red hat. Uh, and, yeah, you just hold your phone and you move it and you see the movie. It's it's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah it's actually um... – uh, better than I actually expected. Yeah, right? They're really, like, I've watched them a couple times. I mean, I don't go back since, but I am, like, waiting for the next one. It's it's kind of cool. It's neat to see what they can do with the uh, all of the sensors and hardware that's inside a phone. It's, like, change your, your multimedia experience a little bit. So I, I actually I switched to Middle Wax. I still use the Nexus 5, but I'm using that more, like, almost as a mini tablet. I don't know how to explain it, but uh, the Moto X is really good. <laughs> um, it's a shame it's not selling better. But, I kind of um... do that. I got a new, and I mentioned this, I think, last weekend, but my first work tablet, I got a Samsung uh, Tab 3 for work, and the first one, the antenna was burned, so it would disconnect all the time. So this is the second one. Um, when I got it back, I couldn't remember. I made a Gmail account just for work, right? So none of my stuff was on it. I couldn't remember that. So I just used mine. And so now all my stuff is on here. I'm using this more and more. And kind of like you, Shane, it's because it has a radio in it and it's a little smaller when I'm not on the Nexus 10. I kind of prefer carrying this thing around. Plus, I'm not tethered to my Wi-Fi, obviously. But yeah. it's a cool size. Yeah, so it's definitely a cool size. I, I think the Moto X is a better size, too, than an Nexus 5. 
Yeah, I, I think this is the sweet spot for me personally in in a phone. Yep, yep. Uh, My friend has a Note 3, and it looks so silly. And I I know it's not about what it looks like, but, like, I would not want to carry that thing around. Yeah, so I I have both. The the Nexus 5 is almost like my uh, evening phone, um, so to speak. Um, So it's it's pretty good, though. But yeah, I'm really what the hell's an evening phone? It's for after work (laughs) when your phone battery is dead and you need your evening phone, you know? God, if only do you not have power outlets in your house, Shane? <laughs> no, I have almost a hundred power outlets in the house. I think you might be doing something wrong then. Are they all running on no, no, solar no, power? Be... What I meant by evening phone is is that it's the phone that it's more entertainment oriented in its setup. Uh, so it's the one I'd rather burn the mem- the battery watching Netflix on that or Hulu. Or controlling my Chromecasts than Eric? on the phone that I depend on for calls. Eric, it's basically Shane's evening gown. I <laughs> see. After work, I, I want to just imagine him sitting in a very dark brown leather chair, right? Like swirling, swirling his brandy in and his saying, study. Dia, where's my evening phone? Honey, fetch me my evening phone. And, and then s- I have the uh, the iPhone, which if you can see the icon of our app on there. It's going to get Which one's that? Uh, it doesn't show up. Uh, it's it, for some reason it's really it's reflecting really weird. It's yeah, that amazing uh, screen. Yeah, you can see that it's the multicolored beach ball looking thing. It's our icon. So, have you even told us what your app does? I don't even remember. Okay. Do you we're, know we're in a we're, we're in approval process now, which. <laughs> I'll tell you when that's over with. Nice. I thought, you, I thought you were in approval process the last time we were on the show. Oh, he was, Eric. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Apple no, is not, a meticulous not... approver. The fallacy of iPhone first. I just want to earn your approval. God, that's all I've ever wanted. I actually have a, I actually have a good Android developer story, too. Oh, lay it on us, and then we'll talk about Google selling the Nest in Google Play Store. Ooh. Right, so actually, I think so. This kind of ties into the Android first, and so wait, Shane, did you just say ties in? Ties in. Okay, sorry. In. Go ahead. Uh, so I mentioned to you guys that I bought an app for Android just to play around with Google Developer System, uh, a lockpick screen app, the, and so the Oblivion lockpick. It was Skyrim. Ah. So. I so I I did some work on it. I submitted a couple builds, and all of a sudden I get this email message saying, uh, "Your account has been terminated for violating our terms of service." Whoops! So I'm like, or, and our content guidelines. I'm like, oh, God damn it! Did this guy send sell me an app that had complaints? So I they give you one chance to um, appeal to appeal. So I appeal, and I didn't since they don't really tell me what the violation was because they say like the, you were you were notified about previous violations. I had no idea what they're talking about. So I said, I bought this app. I have never received another previous email. If there's a problem, I'll fix it. But I don't know what that is because I've only owned this app for three weeks. So I get the reply back like a couple hours later. Nope, sorry, we don't care. Um, we we're gonna stand by our decision. So I'm like, oh. So I emailed the guy I bought the app from, and it turns out his account was also 
terminated. <laughs> what had happened is he had sold an app to another developer. That developer bought an app from somebody else, which did violate the terms of service. And so Google somehow connected us all and terminated all our accounts. Wow. So my account is terminated, and of course there's no phone number, there's no email address you can contact, and they say very explicitly, do not try to get another developer account, we will suspend it immediately. So I'm thinking, well, what happens if my, with, you know, with my day job, um, what do I do, right? Because is my, my ability to be involved or connected to the app because my name could be linked. I live, you know, there's not that many Shane T. Brady's in the Kansas City area. So I'm screwed. So I'm like, I start looking at people who work in the developer relations. I send them messages and I send the, you know, the group, the community a message saying, hey, this is what happened. I just need to talk to somebody because this can all be verified. I get nothing. So three weeks later, I'm still like trying to figure out what to do. The guy I bought the app from, he created a new account from like a new IP address, new everything that he was hoping he couldn't trace. So somehow I go back to the developer site and there I found a path, which I've not been able to replicate since, which basically says, allows me to send them a message directly. And so... I explained to them again what happened. I, it was like a 300 words. I explained in detail what happened. And the next day, I get an email saying, we've changed our mind. You are now fully reinstated, blah, blah, blah. And I'm elated. I'm like, I can't believe this happened. So I could not find a single other instance of everyone, anyone ever having their account reinstated after the second appeal. Not saying it hasn't been done, but it hasn't it, uh the, it hasn't been done that I could find. So I waited a couple days to make sure it's stuck. And then I emailed the guy I bought the app from, but I didn't tell him how I did it because I didn't want them to think that we were scamming him, right? And I don't know this guy, so it's not like I owe him anything. Two days later, his account is unsuspended from termination. And he's able to go back to normal. So... I don't know how our accounts exactly got terminated. I don't know how they figured out to unterminate this other guy's account. And I still think we may be the only two people who've ever successfully gotten past the second appeal, the the, the appeal process to get our accounts reinstated. So uh, we are back in the good graces of, of Google. And uh, yeah, so in the future, probably will not be buying any more apps because you create too many inadvertent connections. Um, but yeah, there we there we have it. I thought that'd be a, a good story for the show. That is absolutely horrifying, and it's kind of disgusting. Like this is the I don't if you guys remember back to when I was having all the problems with my Nexus Q order, and it it's just so infuriating that like I was a little bit more you know I was in a better position because you know they had an actual phone number listed for you know purchases from the Google Play Store. It wasn't going to fix your job either. No, and and that's the thing. Like this was this is like a very serious thing, and it's it's developer relations. Like this for some people, including you. Like this is your livelihood, and the fact that Google has not figured that out, that they haven't taken at the very least just taken the same call center people, um, ramped them up, and like just created a separate little group and said you are the developer relations customer support people. The fact that they couldn't even go that far. 
that's that's horrifying to me. Yeah, that's where there's no developer support. That. Oh, it, it was it was. I mean, it was scary. Now, I mean, I probably could have gotten around it for work, but like to get that saying, "Do never, never create another account again. We will, we will delete it." Uh, you know, that's kind of scary because it's you know. Um, and I said I could not find anyone else who'd gotten reinstated uh, after that. And the other the other guy, he didn't do anything. He suddenly was just reinstated. And that's so, kind of the thing you yeah, face using these services, right? Like, it's in their hands. You have to pretty much hope that, you know, they do what's right. But if they lock you out and you live in that, you know, like Google, music, that's that's your documents. I mean, your email. It's a lot of stuff. They're in We've heard the same story before. Like, the, Google does the same thing with people with search engine results. Where, right, right. You know, they say, oh, no, you're gaming the system, and they lock you out. And what's the appeal process for that? A right, nightmare? So the, the, right. So actually, I think it's actually, at least you could go maybe find, mm. if you're a big enough person, or find a way to Matt cut to get an explanation. Or if you're but, on Twig. You just, yeah. yeah. On Twig. <laughs> or, or, but it, it, you feel like you maybe have some channels, and but I don't know how Google... So Google probably has hundreds of thousands of customers. So it's a real hard problem to handle appeals because I can tell you right now, a good percentage of those people who are caught cheating are cheating. Um, same with the apps, but you know they are clearly do not have the staff necessary to handle that because they didn't even really look at my account. I mean, you know, they used an algorithm to connect us and then you know didn't really do any research after it. And you know, my first email was like. I don't even know what you're talking about, and someone should should have been able to go in and determine. Oh yes, we have never sent him another a message before, and um, you know, figured out that I I was completely unaware of what was going on. So it is a little scary. Um, I think though, I think if you do things, I think the problem was was connecting the account. So. Hopefully that I won't be connected to any more bad accounts. But what I have actually done is purposely keep my app off the market. I have not republished it because I want to make sure that two months down the road I'm not going to have another problem because I want to be able to say, look, I purposely did not publish any apps because I was worried about this issue. I have not connected to anybody else. The only smart thing I did was I did not connect to my personal Gmail account. It was on a separate domain, uh, separate address, separate Google wallet account. So not that I was trying to hide anything, but I was just trying to keep business and, and, and uh, personal separate. So yeah. it didn't affect anything else. Because it can also kill your wallet account, I've heard. But oh, wow. That would that be terrible. Well, I guess go out there and develop for Ubuntu phone. Drop right. this Android thing. Are you going to develop for Nest once that uh, is up and, and rolling? Look at that transition. Speaking folks. of, Holy was that crap. seamless? Did you know for Earth Day, Google is going to plant a tree for every Nest sold through Google Play? That's going to be... Uh, I don't think it's going to matter to sell 10 more trees or have 10 more trees in the ground. Oh, are you not down with this? This. I think... Well, I don't, look, I, I, don't, I don't begrudge Google for doing that, but the market for $250 thermostats has got to be vanishingly small. Yeah, I mean, all the people that have evening phones probably can afford that. <laughs> Or yeah, but I don't leave the house, so I don't have you know, I just think this is really cool. Like, it may, I wish that I had my house still because I don't know. Like, I nest this nest thing seems like you know it's the future, future, future. 
Is it? Is this the smart? The beginning of the smart home from that uh, sci-fi show Eureka? <laughs> it might be. Is it? I is so. this? And I hope it has the same voice, right? <laughs> um, um, I just don't think they're that useful. I think that's the problem. Not yet, but well, wait until your nest can show you Google Now cards and tell you what the weather's like outside, huh? I mean, no. you'd be better what are off... the actual uses for this? Like, what, is, what does it do? Um, I mean, it, you can... It's a thermostat, Eric. It. Yeah, it's a thermostat. You can check on your house temperature remotely, like if you're at work. How cold is it in my house? Stuff like that. Which isn't very useful, but now put this into, like, some sort of area that needs to be climate controlled. You know, like, let's say you're uh, growing a garden or something like that. You could use stuff like this. And granted, there's other better ways to do it than, you know, a $250 Nest thermostat. But if you wanted to set up a smart grow, you could definitely start with something like this and then, you know. Right, but the, I don't know how your thermostats work, is, but I set the temperature I need the house to be at, and it just does what it needs to do. I set it, and I forget it. But sometimes, you know, when I get my evening phone out, the battery's a little warmer. Maybe I'll want to turn the temperature down a little bit. Now I can do this from my evening phone and not have to get up. Yeah, yeah. the thing is, the, it does. It shouldn't cost $250, I mean, $250 worth of parts to do this. How much does a Raspberry Pi cost? You know, yeah. I'm not. I just don't think this is where smart technology is going to go. Smart technology will be better with power, with water. Uh, you know, I don't think temperature is it. Well, but when you live in a place like when when I lived in when I lived in Ohio, when I lived in Michigan, like it was a thing when I went to work during the winter, um, because you know. Heating, heating the house was a pretty expensive proposition. So, you know, if it might be at the house might be at like 73, 72 when I'm at home, but when I'm not at home, maybe it's cool for it to drop down to 67. So, or just, or just keep it 67 all the time, and put on well, a sweatshirt. My wife gets pissed, and I don't know. It's, Tell her to put on a sweater, right? Tell her she looks nice in sweaters. Put on a sweater. Put on a sweater. Okay. <laughs> No, no, I just I understand that, Eric, but that doesn't cost two hundred fifty dollars. Don't you think though no, I'm not saying the price point is, is great. I, I'm intrigued by the technology. I right, like but, the idea. The the price point, yeah, I mean two fifty, that is pretty damn expensive. But, but, but yeah, first of all, you don't need all you need is a thermostat that understands time to do that, right? The thing with the nest is it's supposed to learn your habits and all that. And that's the part I don't buy works what habit? To like that that's dumb. You want to yeah, intrigue I... me? Build something that's smart that makes food for me. Yeah, and I have two thermostats. I don't. How, do, are they going to work in in concert? They're going to cause collisions, and then there's going to be no heat. Well, actually, you do have to keep them somewhat close because otherwise, then one runs more than the other, and it wears them out quicker. The furnaces is. Oh well, okay, it's just so... a it's just a rich person toy. That's all, for when you want to yeah. nest. Put, put put this way, it's more affordable to have an evening phone than it is <laughs> to buy a nest. Oh, you are so even, full of crap. Even if that <laughs> evening phone is an iPhone. All right, Hangouts two point one coming out, merging conversations and a widget. Who likes Hangout? 
and a widget. Hmm? Uh, I've got it up right now. So. Is it awesome? If I send you a message, will it be like, ding? Well, let's see. Yeah, send, send me a message. See, Phil, I'm curious to update the widget. Let's see. Yeah, I wonder if it would push an update to the widget or if it just checks every minute or so. Well, like I um, Bling, I heard it. Yeah, it, it updated the widget. That is awesome. Is it sucking battery life or is it pretty legit? Uh, it seems pretty legit. Nice. Now it's on the Moto X, so you know, it gets good battery mm. life to do. Um, what I haven't figured out is, so I, I have it, I, I tested it, but um, it, I'm not sure if it keeps conversation. So the web interface doesn't seem to doesn't keep the conversations in sync with the SMS. So. But so across become... other Android platforms, it's fine. It's just the web one that's. Well, see, not... that's the thing. Uh, do I have? Let me see which version of Hangouts do I have on here. I don't think it syncs up if you don't have SMS. Because see, I don't use it for SMS, but it like it syncs up across, and it will close it on whatever devices I don't look at it on. If I look at it on my phone, it'll close it on the other ones once I kill the window. Right. So I, what, what I'm saying is, so I, had, I talked to a friend. We switched to SMS on that on my Moto X, which has SMS. I can see both parts of the conversation. Ah, I see. Okay. But if you're on a device that it's not using it, then they're gonna miss that. Right. So on my Nexus Five, which is only Wi-Fi only, I do not see the conversation parts that were part of the SMS message. Right. But if you so, go into your SMS, it's in there, right? That's such a good question. It's just not in that one. Um, and that's what they say, uh, Derek Kessler, writing on Android Central. He says, uh, let's say if I'm conversing with Phil over SMS through Hangouts, it's a separate conversation than our instant message Hangout chat. Uh, with Hangouts 2.1, those two conversations are supposed to be merged into one continuous discussion. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that was one of the reasons why I went back to an S just to regular SMS app because I didn't like the split up nature between those discussions. I would text my wife, and then sometimes she would send a hangout to me, and it'd be like this this dissimilar conversation between the two. So yeah, so this would be interesting. Well, how do you know what you're time. doing? Oh, it, it tell you can tell. Like, how would you know? Like, if it's merged, how would you know that it, you're texting your wife or messaging her? It doesn't it, matter at that point, well, then, well, that, does it? Yeah, that's the thing. Now that this feature exists, I'm willing to retry it again. But back then, I would get sometimes a message, you know, on my SMS app, and other times I would get messages from Hangout. Now, it was just kind of disorienting because the it would be hard to track the entire conversation between the two. So. Right. Yeah, I can tell you that it displays the t conversations different colors depending on what where it's coming from. Oh, that's and cool. It, it tells you where where the message came from and was sent from. Hmm. What I am curious is when my friend gets the version of Hangouts installed, if that changes anything. Right. Because he didn't have to install. It's almost kind of you guys notice what Facebook's doing with their Messenger and SMS and trying to get you to use Messenger. And I guess pretty soon it'll be removed from the main client, and you'll just have that messenger app, which I I haven't I won't use it. I don't I don't like it. But see, I'm a big tech secure fan, so 
everything I use that's SMS goes through Tech Secure, whether or not they're using it and it's encrypted. I just like this as my SMS. And maybe it's more personal because these are people I have phone numbers with, even though nowadays everyone kind of has their phone number in their profile, depending on what you're using. It just it's more like a local thing and then hangouts and, you know, digital kind of I guess it's all digital, but that kind of IP based chat is more for like my internet kind of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I you know um I still use Facebook Messenger for a lot of people because I mean I, I don't you know, just Facebook friends, you know, friends. Um I'm not a big SMS guy. Um, big Google Hangouts guy, like it's what my wife and I used to communicate back and forth. It's so much easier just to be able to be on her computer and always be able, to, you know, chat me when it works. But it's not encrypted. Then the government can read what you guys are saying. Actually, <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. Does Hangouts do HTTPS? Is it or some all sort of communications in- are HTTPS? This Hangout is HTTPS. Yeah, that's true, huh? So I wonder. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and they do. Uh, oh, Goddamn cat. Um, what is so, so, something with perfect forward secrecy or something like that? Where... Right. So it generates a new key pair every session. Yeah, every cycle. Right. So, so if a I, session's I think... hijacked, you can't use it to unlock previous conversations. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that it's. I'm just saying it's encrypted. It's as encrypted as I could probably. But I'm saying if that. if you send an SMS through there, then it's not encrypted, right? It's only your your IP communications. Uh, that, that is probably true. Right, okay. But that is interesting. I never thought of it that even like, even Hangouts, just the messaging side of it would be encrypted. Because here we're on Hangouts and you see it, obviously, HTTPS. But when you're on the app, like you don't see anything like that. So yeah. I never made that connection that, oh, this is probably encrypted because it is when you're on Gmail. I mean, is it going? It obviously would be going through the the yeah. same, right? Yeah, that, that's that's actually the nature of a lot of these apps. They sort of right. Yeah, it's that's all interesting. Over the Chrome and yeah, like Skype was until it was broken or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we, we, our our app is using um, you know HTTPS everywhere. I mean, even you know, just it's a good practice to be in and all that. Especially nowadays, huh? I don't know that the NSA couldn't crack our app, but none of the stuff on there I, I don't think is all that useful. Well, as long as, I mean, if you got to use the stuff that they haven't backdoored, right? If you're using ECC, don't use the the one that they gave. <laughs> but, all right, uh, let's see, what else? New, the NVIDIA Shield 2 specs are up? Is this thing looking pretty impressive or not really? It should be it should be pretty good. I would bet it's a little bit better than uh, the Snapdragon 800. And the first shield was cool, right? I mean, none of us got one, but it it was a cool idea. Oh, Shane's got one. Except for Shane, <laughs> I forgot about that. Is it awesome? Do you like? Do you play on that thing a lot? Do you play threes? Is that your secret to whooping all of our asses at threes? Oh, I don't even have a particularly good score on threes. In our circles, yes, you do. I'm like 17th out of 19 people, so. Um, <laughs> so, you know, the thing with me is it play. so I can play, I can play Fallout New Vegas over it pretty good, streaming from my PC. Um, and if you are used to those style controllers, it works really well. 
Uh, I am not. I am a mouse and keyboard gamer. Right. Um, so I have not been able... I, I, I struggle to play it, but as a gaming device, I have to say it's very impressive to be able to stream a game from your PC in the house to wherever you are and reasonably play it pretty well. I mean, there's a, there was a few hiccups. I, they just had a big... What are we on now? Um, hold on here. Uh, I think they... Uh, Switched us to Jelly. I think we're on KitKat now. Nice. Uh, we're on 4.4.2. Right, KitKat. Uh, so that version, pretty good, I have to say. Um, it doesn't crash. It performs really well. It's probably the best gaming experience you're going to get on a, on, a, on a mobile device. And so with um, the new version, what? They're using that Tegra K1? chip at 2.5 gigahertz what's the original it was just a dual core what nvidia tegra 3 it was a 3 it was a 3 right so well well the shield is a tegra 4 right was it okay so this is going to be the tegra k1 2.5 gigahertz with 4 gigs of ram which will be awesome what the original have two or one it was two right Uh, the two for for the original shield, it's two gigs of RAM. It's right. like a one point seven gigahertz Tegra four. I'd have to Google that, but that's what I recall. And they're also gonna run it fourteen forty by eight ten with sixteen gigs of storage. Um pretty awesome. Yeah, just you know, I it's hard for me to get this thing to run sixty frames per second. It runs thirty frames per second. It's very smooth. What's very the smooth. bottleneck there? Just the GPU or what? I think it's networking. You think? Bandwidth. Yeah, maybe if I upgrade. Yeah, because I mean, they recommend a certain kind of router to do it, but I had gigabit routing everywhere, and I typically only play when I'm like ten feet from a router in the same room. Right. So I don't think I think that's about as good as you expect without having the special all the other special equipment. And I do have a video card that's on the lower lower end of their uh, requirements, like a six seventy. I think a six fifty is the minimum card. Sure. Well, right on. We'll keep um, an eye out for that. Shield 2 looks pretty cool. Did you guys see this? The uh, Google fake antivirus uh, refund? This is pretty awesome on Android Authority. Uh, they say, in a bit of surprise move by Google, users that were fooled by a fake antivirus app in the Play Store are not only going to get their money back, but Google is going to give them 5 bucks. Here's $5 store credit to play with. Uh, the app was called Virus Shield. It sold for three ninety nine to about ten thousand global users uh, before they pulled it. Uh, it manages to sneak its way past all the checks and make it to the top of a couple Play Store top categories. Android Police caught on and had uh, an article about it. They say the fake the fake antivirus app claimed to prevent harmful apps from being installed on your device, scan apps, settings, and more in real time, and protect your personal information. (laughs) Except that, you know, it didn't. So, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) I actually, considering how much bad press they got, I'm not surprised they did something about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad press. But really, doesn't this, can't, can't you kind of say this for all those antivirus apps? Well, this one is unique in the fact that you could you could uh, uh, decompile it and show that it did absolutely nothing. 
Oh, okay, so it's not it just placebo. Like, these other ones really don't do anything, but if you got a piece of known malware on your device, it would be like, hey, you have this. This version actually doesn't do anything. I think I think it all it does was is, like, you press a button and it puts a checkbox or something like that. That's literally yeah, all it was Nice. It was, a, it was like a choice, like a drop-down or something, and then it would change the menu. It's like, you're protected. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> You know the other the other virus ones, they get popular. They it's a lot of them attempt to do something, whether or not they're effective or not, or worth the money. That's a different question. But um, this was this was outright fraud, and I I don't know if it's it's a bad precedent. I think it's actually a good precedent. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, but then but then like every time that somebody comes across an app where it doesn't do exactly what you know they're expecting, are they are they then going to assume, hey, well, Google should give me, you know, I getting my money back, I get that. But, like, the additional give me Play Store credit, like, that just seems... Only if when they, they examine... Extra, they got an extra buck. Only if when they examine no, the no, code... No, no, they got the refund and then an additional $5. Yeah. They do that, but only if upon examination of the code, it literally does nothing. If it's just, like, a glitch or, yeah, poor programming, then okay, but... If it actually does nothing like this, then yeah, give them five bucks. You know, that's that's Google's bad, right? Well, <laughs> well according to the developer, he's like, I just wasn't finished. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually just finished my graphical user interface. I'm yeah. working on the back end as we speak. Listen, man, I went to go do the hot pocket. I accidentally, the cat hit the mouse. I got stuck in Minecraft, these griefer. I, it was just terrible. You know what? Since Google supports alpha and beta channels in the developer program, that excuse will go absolutely nowhere. That is true. Have a better excuse if you're going yeah, to like lie to Google. already made up their mind. Anyways. You can't lie to Google? Are you kidding me? <laughs> they it's already like know the answer. Trying to lie to oh, God. You can't lie to God. I just hope this guy's account's been terminated and he's been banned permanently. Right. I mean, he tried to email him, but he couldn't find the email. <laughs> he couldn't find that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Uh, before we do app picks, we should talk about this. Uh, the Google Camera app came out right after last week's show. We talked about it on last week's Yats a little bit. Uh, I kind of – I should – I don't want to like um, – I kind of said that the app didn't work, like Photosphere was broken. Upon further examination, I believe it might actually be the uh, compass in my device because I opened up – like when I tried to do a Photosphere on the Moto X – showed the dot everywhere it, and constantly moving because you have to put it in the circle. Like, it was impossible to do, and I was like, well, that sucks. And then um, the next day I looked at the GPS app, and it was like my compass was doing the spin. So I think it might be my device and not the app. It did crash my Nexus 10 when I installed it and ran it, but then when I rebooted it, it worked fine. So I don't do you know. Do those in ART? What's that? Do you run it? Uh, do you run any of those on ART? Mode? No, I'm not running ART at all. Okay, me, me, me either. Yeah, so I think I like... might have just dropped this, and now my antenna's broke. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think the app. I think the camera app is a huge improvement over the old, the old one. Definitely, except for Photosphere not working. Yeah, look, look at my compass. It like literally freaks out, right? It I just like so. I assumed lost. 
I assume that's why <laughs> Photosphere doesn't work. But in Maps and Ingress, like, that completely works, but it doesn't know which way it's pointing. So maybe I should go get a new Moto X here. <laughs> yeah, you should You should tell somebody. I, I should call oh, Google. Google, can you replace my Moto X? No, I don't. You can't call Google. We discussed this. That's right. You can no put yourself at the mercy of its pie script and hope it's seen the movie Tron and knows how important users are. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is it is pretty cool. I, I I like the app. It looks good. I like the wiggly so, menu. Any of you guys using it? I, I can't. Here's what it looks like. This is kind of hard to do, but so and then uh. Yeah, you can take a picture. If you slide over here, you should have your menu somewhere. I don't know. I think you guys slide it from the from the bottom. Oh, is it the bottom? No. <laughs> there it is. Boom, menu. I, I didn't really see a. Did you see a need to change though? Like the the stock camera app I've been using is fine. I don't really. I don't know. No, the new interface. Is nice. Does your stock app do lens blur? <laughs> Doubt it. That is the Doubt dumbest it. feature I've ever used. Whoa, People Eric. My God. Watch no, your mouth. Don't. You watch your blurry mouth, Eric. That is Eric. so stupid. People, no, people like love that. I'm going to do it what right people? now. What mythical people are you talking Me. to? Me. The blurry people. I'm you doing know. it right now, and I'm going to love it. I'm going to do a selfie. I'm just going to blur my face. I'm doing it. I'm doing no. selfie magic right now. Boom. Not what, notwithstanding the blur feature, one of the biggest complaints with the camera, the old camera app, was when you're touching on the screen, there would be the pop-up menu that occur, that appears, and sometimes that would basically be obscured if you touch too too high up towards the top of the screen. So that was one of the advantages of moving to this new UI is you just swipe one side or the other, you know, to pull up these menus. So. No, I found the Photosphere to be much faster and easier to use than in previous versions, which was also kind of inconsistent where it was available, wasn't it? Like certain, it wasn't in, wasn't on, I don't think it was even on the Moto X stock camera, was it? Matt? No, there was no photosphere for it. And even focal, the photosphere in that wouldn't work. Like it yeah, just it for some good. reason doesn't like photosphere. So that photosphere that I linked to these example, that was like the second one I've ever done with the phone. And, uh, it's, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, that only took maybe a couple You know how good it is? It's this good. Oh, wait. Hold on. Okay, there. It's this good. You know what that error message says? It says, I'm sorry, I can't connect to your camera. No, that's fine. Totally fine. So, I have, I have not tried it on the Nexus 7 yet. I think the minimum requirements is like uh, Android 4.4. Is that correct? Maybe that's why it's not working? Or no, what is that? Is that your... Is that your Nexus 10 or is that the... Yeah, uh... it's a 10. Oh, okay. Is the 10 all the way up on 4.4.2? Yes, sir. What I haven't figured out is how to get the the new camera app to be the one that shows up when you shake the Moto X. Hmm. There's not like a gesture option under like settings Mm -hmm. or something? Yeah, I just just haven't found it yet. Just haven't found it. But, uh, no, I think they did a nice... I think... I think it's a nice job. And when you combine... Oh, I guess I did install the camera app on here. Never mind. Um, well, that's about the dumbest feature I've ever seen in my life. But well, cool, moving on. Blur? 
Eric, I'm sorry, you were absolutely right. Lensburg is <laughs> freaking retarded. No. All right. I mean, well, it is cool though seeing more of the decoupling of their apps from you know, so you can get a phone and then put which apps you want from Google. Right. So now you can hear the complainers though that now it's not open source and they're ruining it and blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there is a version that is open source, and feel free to write your own camera app for it. <laughs> yeah. Remember talking about com- programmers complaining about how difficult it is. No, they write a code that complains for them. <laughs> All right. Or no, they probably download it from GitHub to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do a rumor real quick? The HTC going to make an 8-inch tablet, Nexus style. What do you think? Yeah. Yay or nay? Is this going to happen? I don't think so, but it's. we heard this rumor a few months ago as well. And actually, the, the article we have linked actually uses the same exact image it was used in the previous yep. rumor. Nice. You know, Lady Holmes. Eight-inch tablet, sort of. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool, particularly if it does have boom sound, but I'm really skeptical about it, and uh, um, I'll take a wait-and-see policy with regard to it. So, I just I, want I a new it... Nexus 10. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I, want. I I just wonder if that didn't sell enough to make it a version 2. But I've, I think an eight-inch tablet could be – I mean, it's, people really like that size. Um, yeah. So – yeah, we'll I'm gonna see. I'm gonna I, say probably not gonna happen. I'm fifty fifty. Yeah. I mean we may see I that's basically like, sitting on the fence, Shane. Choose yeah. a side. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. Uh did you guys yeah. see the cool uh interview with Koosh? Wait, what? Go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, Android Police had this interview with Koosh, uh on on it. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, leaving Cyanogen back to Clockwork Mod, just kind of talking about all that. So uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. All right, let's do some app picks and wrap this thing up. Shane, start us off, please. Sure. Um, the app pick I had was it's an app that came out last week. Um, you guys may be familiar with Chrome Remote Desktop and uh, Chrome Web App. That's pretty handy to use. Well, they rolled it out for Android, and um, it works pretty good. Uh, um, it's pretty easy to set up. I've used it over a cellular connection and a Wi-Fi connection. It's reasonable to use. Um, pretty simple for those of you who need to, you know, occasionally get back to a desktop to set something up. Um, so that's it. Chrome Remote Desktop. Simple, quick. Nice. Eric, give a snap pick, please. All right. Uh, my app pick. This has taken like two years. You can go back in the archives. You can open the vault door and go back to some of the original Attack of the Android shows. And I was talking about Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition because it was supposed to come out for iOS and then like if I remember right, they were saying maybe like a month or a couple months later, it would come out for Android. This crap took over two years, but it's finally here. So that's great. It's $9.99, but it is like the full Baldur's Gate that you know many of you will probably remember and love that used to be on the computer. Maybe, God, what would that have been, like 2002, 2003? Maybe earlier? It's been a while. But uh, I I played like about an hour of it so far um, on my 2013 Nexus 7. It's a lot of fun. 
Um, I think it'd be better with a stylus. They actually mentioned like doing it on a stylus, and that people with a Galaxy Note um, that it's exceptionally good for them because they can, you know, they don't have if they have big fat sausage fingers like I do, they can very easily tap on the small characters. Um, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's super nerdy, but uh, I think you know. If, if you're hankering for something like that, you should definitely check it out. How how reliant is it on in-app purchases? Uh, no, no, not much at all. So the in-app purchases that I saw were there was like two two campaigns, um, and then so there's four in-app purchases, two campaigns, and then one was like extra character art. Like I think there's quite a few choices for character art if I remember right, but this is like an extra character art pack. And then there's an extra voice actor pack. Um, it comes with three male, three female voices, um, and I think this adds three three more for each gender. So it actually helps the game, not destroy it like the Dungeon Keeper ones. Whoa. Yeah, I, I haven't come across anything. I, I mean, like I said, I'm only like an hour into it. I haven't come across anything that actually directly affects gameplay. You know, aside from aside from you know, if you call buying like an extra side mission, if you will, affecting gameplay, but you know, nothing that's like you know, you ran out of mana, you can either wait five hours or you can pay five dollars to recharge. None yeah, of that. for nine ninety nine, there better not be, you know. Yeah, yeah wasn't Dungeon Keeper free? Well, I'm just saying, if you're gonna charge that much for a game, it should be free to play through. Like, you know, two dollars. Free, okay, I understand, but nine ninety nine, seriously? Yeah, well, that's how those games actually worked. Was um, you would always you buy the game, and six months later they release a DLC, an expansion pack. Yeah, and then you right. can always buy character art and stuff like that. So, well, but sure. The stuff they did with Dungeon Keeper is, I mean, I don't know how to. It's like a horror movie of. Uh, of everything wrong about in app purchases and games. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn. Like I feel like if they you know, why are you trying to sell me why didn't you just include for nine ninety nine, why didn't you just include the the extra voice sets? Um you know, they it granted it's they're they're claiming, based on the original, that it's like sixty hours of gameplay for the for you know, the on average. But I don't. I don't know. Like I, I'm still not a big fan of this whole DLC, um, you know, thing that's happened in the gaming world. But they seem to do it on the lighter side, so I'm more okay with it. Well, what they're doing it is what has always happened with games, right? Expansion no, packs. Not really. Are you expansion packs go back 30, 40 years? Well, okay. No. Yeah, but this is. I, this seems a little different. Like they're. It's not. It's not like. Okay, so the expansion pack for for this. Um, okay. Eric, this is well said. It's coming out immediately. It's coming out immediately. So why okay. are you charging me extra immediately? This will say, go try to play Dungeon Keeper for an hour, and then come back and see how what you're describing. That's bull. That is the worst. That is the worst thing. That's like me saying I have lots of problems with my car. Well, hey, you should you should drive this other car. And you're going to be thankful <clears throat> for your car. That doesn't make my car any less of a piece of crap. No, no, no. It, it does if that car, other car is a Yugo. No, no. The difference would be if your car has problems and breaks down every now and then versus a car 
that bursts into flames as soon as you turn the ignition <laughs> and traps you in there. That's about the equivalent of Dungeon Keeper. What yeah. They in their purchases. All right. Anyway, good at pick, Eric. Uh, sh- <laughs> Nick, what's your at pick? Yeah, this one of uh, at pick, but uh, it's actually a pretty good looking game. This was uh, a, a game called Runbot by uh, Marvelous Games. It's one of these side scrolling, uh, you know, games. <laughs> and uh, endless it's, runner. It's a, yeah, it's a, an endless runner or an infinite runner. It's uh, kind of like Vector, but it's actually not just sideways. It's like at an angle, Ooh. diagonally, which is kind of cool. So Ooh. it's like semi-3D, and uh, but it's very much the same type of gameplay in Vector for half of the game. The other half of the game is actually a little bit of a flying-type game where actually it's first-person or third-person, I should say, but it's not no longer side-scrolling. It's forward-flying, kind of like the Iron Man game and some of these others. So it's kind of cool. It's a free game uh, on the App Store, but uh, it uses parkour as its element for, you know, I would say maybe the slight bulk of gameplay, the, the side-scrolling part. Or the hardcore parkour! Diagonal scrolling part. Yeah. Parkour parkour. So uh, it does have an in-grade, in-game upgrade system, but you don't need to purchase to succeed. It's like most of those endless runners where you can pretty much just keep going. So at least as near as I can tell. So Nice. And that's it. Nice, nice. Uh, I'll mention real quick, Ingress update, they finally added capsules. So all of us who just had to recycle and burn a bunch of items because we were at our 2,000 item limit, well, if you would have just waited, you could have put 100 of those items in a capsule. So thanks. Uh, my app pick this week. It's, suckers. Yeah, you know, that's how it goes. Whatever. Um... It's called Rabbids Big Bang. There was a cool game uh, that was the Rabbids. Remember back like on the original Droid where you were going around planet? Yeah, okay. So here's the new version of it. It's called Rabbids Big Bang. And uh, it's pretty hard for me. I, I don't know. But it's kind of cool. Uh, you like hit the rabbit. I guess I should share this so you can see it. Um, but you hit the rabbit out into the different gravity wells. And then you can, yeah, there you go. You can see this here. Uh, and then, of course, you uh, orbit and you have a jetpack. And, of course, give them money and customize stuff. And, I mean, they're rabbits, so that's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, Big Bang. Check it out on the Play Store. Um, all right. Good show, gens. Tech the androids. There's our doc. Oh, Matt, can I say something real quick? Yes, Eric. If people are listening live, even if you're not, you can go check it out. There's a huge game sale going on right now on the Android store. Nice. And one of my app picks um, from a long time ago, uh, 10 million. I think it's 10 million. Yeah, 10 million. 100 million? It is only 99 cents. Is it 100 million? How many zeros? (laughs) No, it's 10 million. That's 10 million. I know. Um, But... 99 cents. Like, this is this still is the most fun I've ever had playing Android games. Like, the, this app is brilliant. So, and they have Shadowrun Returns. Do you remember Shadowrun? Oh, man. I do. Talk about, like... Well, and this was this was a Kickstarter, I think. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh. 
countless hours wasted yeah, on that need, game. Need for Speed is on there. Riptide GP2. That's not bad. Good stuff. So, go out there and get your own app pick. That's right. NBA 2K14 and The Dark Knight Rises. Ooh, and The Room 2. It's like the humble bundle almost. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention again that you had a link in here about uh, uh, we'll just link to it in the show notes, but they they had a study that actually shows people just don't really use those Samsung apps, which I thought was kind of quaint because, you know, duh. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. The water is wet. <clears throat> right. Eric, what's our email address? Well, Matt, if anybody wants to email us, they can email us at show at attackoftheandroids.com. Very good. Attackoftheandroids.com. That's our site. We're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere. So hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. we got a Twitter account and a Facebook page, and it's all on the site, which is attackoftheandroids.com. All right, guys. We'll catch you tomorrow night for Yats, and then we'll be back next week for uh, more of this. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. It's attack of the egg. It's attack of the egg.